You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 38. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Well, hello, 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 everybody. How are you doing this fine Friday? That is, if you're listening on a Friday, which chances are you're probably not. My name is Scott Wellens. I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. That is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. Today's episode is titled, Can You Answer the 10 Easiest Money Questions Ever? Before we jump right into the topic, though, I have a couple things I want to say. First of all, thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. I really appreciate each and every one of you for listening. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were celebrating episode number 50 on that podcast, and I was thinking to myself, boy, wow, they're doing awesome. 50 episodes is a lot. That's a lot of work. Congratulations. And then I took a step back and said, Scott, man, you are on episode number 38 this week. That's a lot too. I cannot wait to get to 50. More importantly though, I can't wait to get to 500 since I love doing this show. Hey, I was quoted the other day for the first time ever in a financial planning magazine and guess what? It felt pretty good. And it relates to our topic today, because the title of this article was Three Utterly Obvious Ways to Build Wealth. If you're interested in reading the article, I will post a link in the show notes at bestinwealth.com. If you go to bestinwealth.com, you'll find episode number 38 right on the main screen. You're also able to click to any other episode that you want to, and I highly encourage you when you're at Best in Wealth to download the 10 Steps to a better investing experience. Many have downloaded already and it helps set the stage for how investing really looks. Opposite of gambling, investing. So anyway, about the article though, in the three utterly obvious ways to build wealth, I was in charge of number two of the three obvious ways and my number two was practice discipline. People who know me know that it's not any surprise at all that if we want a successful investing experience, we must, absolutely must, practice discipline. And as easy as it sounds, it's the most important and most difficult thing to do sometimes when you're faced with all of this bad news in the media or people talking about a new hot stock or this and that. It can be really hard hard to practice discipline, but it is the number one behavior that inevitably leads to more wealth, and that is staying disciplined. Emotions are so real and so dangerous, and it's hard to be objective about your own money, especially when people all around you are talking about doom and gloom as it relates to the economy. I mean, the stock market has always been volatile. 
year in and year out. And if you don't really understand the volatility in your portfolio, it's so easy to panic when the stock market takes a dive, which incidentally is the worst time for you to start getting emotional and making bad decisions. You see, most of your money is invested for the long term. Do not make short-term decisions about your long-term money. And I say this over and over again. Education leads to confidence. Confidence leads to discipline. And discipline leads to a better chance for a successful investing experience. Stay disciplined, my friend. All right, let's get to the topic of the day. Can you answer the 10 easiest money questions ever? That is our topic of the day. And I was inspired by an article I read by Derek at Rockstar Finance. And I'll give him credit for this article and give him a link back in the show notes. Most of these questions that I came up with came from the Rockstar Finance article. However, I changed a couple of them. I was right on track with them for most of these, but I thought a couple more needed to be added, a couple needed to be deleted, and came up with my own list. But Derek and I are on the same page, and I think a lot of you are too, when it comes to the stock market, money, investing, taxes, insurance. Why does everybody seem to make this so incredibly complicated? I mean, so many different finance books are so complex for the average person. Are the people in the finance industry doing this on purpose? I mean, if people are actually going to take control of their financial life, they need to have some sort of understanding. But no, we have to make it so complicated for everybody. That's what really irked me when I started making a bunch of money and wanted to start really investing at a high rate. A high savings rate, that is. And I get so mad listening to people and reading books and not being able to understand dividend discount models and what the sharp ratio meant and the capital asset pricing model and all those big words that screwed me up because I'm just an average person and I need people to dumb it down. I mean, what the heck is a reverse mutual fund and backdoor interest rates anyway? Give me the basics, please. Because really, it all comes down to the basics. My job as a financial advisor, if I could do two things and everybody in the world was listening to me and I could give two little pieces of advice that I think would dramatically change the outcomes of most people's retirement. It has nothing to do with dividend discount model. It has nothing to do with the capital asset pricing model. It's a lot more basic than that. Number one, the average savings rate in America is close to zero. If I could get people to save more money, more people would have a successful investing experience. Most people would be able to live out retirement the way they intend to live out retirement. I'm talking about the average person just saving 1% more. Just think if everybody did that. If you're young enough, that can have a dramatic effect on your outcome. And number two, if I could get people to realize that they can't be objective about their own money, that their emotions go wild 
when it comes to their money. If I could get them to practice good discipline, means their returns could go up substantially. I've talked about the research done by an independent, the quantitative analysis of investor behavior. The QAIB sounds big, it's not really. It measures how the average person is doing with their investments, their average rate of return compared to the overall market. And let me tell you, it's not pretty. The average investor gets about half what they deserve. And a lot of it has to do with their emotions, not being able to practice discipline. And if I could get people to practice discipline, wow, I could change lives. We need to dumb it down and keep dumbing it down until we fix this problem. Because it's a huge problem. Because we're done believing the financial advisor standing in a pinstripe suit, making millions of dollars, talking above our head, so we feel dumb enough that we need to just listen to this guy or gal. We're through with that. We're smarter than that. We're catching on. We need to keep dumbing it down and dumbing it down and dumbing it down so people like me can understand so I might be able to have the discipline and have my investing outcome be successful. So that's why we're going to talk about the 10 easiest money questions ever. I mean, this is the basics, the real basics, people. And if you can't nail the basics, the complex stuff won't matter. Because you're never going to get to where you want to get. And if you can't answer these 10 questions, your homework is to figure it out. And it's not that hard. Just commit to figuring it out. And don't just say you're going to do it tomorrow or next week. Sit down and do it right away. All right, number one, 10 easiest money questions ever. How much do you earn each month? Do you really know how much money you earn? Your gross income. Sounds so easy. And I bet you most people listening to this podcast, because you're listening to a financial podcast, have a lot of these nailed down, but a lot of the population does not. And if you don't, you need to figure it out. It's the basis for your cash flow statement. Number two easiest question, how much debt do you have? And I want all of it. Your home debt, your car debt, your credit card debt, the money you owe to grandma, the money you owe to your friend, all of it. Add it all up. How much is it? I remember my high number like it was yesterday. I was $68,000 of debt some years ago. You should know your number. And if you are in debt, let's go to number three. Easiest question. How many months until you're debt free? Are you on a plan to get your butt out of debt? Man, I sure hope so. Because people living with debt never get a real chance to build wealth. And incidentally... If you do read the article that I was quoted in yesterday, which I'm going to post to bestinwealth.com, it originated at credit.com, and the number one utterly obvious way to build wealth was to get out of debt. So you'll be able to find that at bestinwealth.com. It is at credit.com. And then a bunch of other websites syndicated the article and came out with it You can find it at Yahoo Finance, I think Huffington Post, the St. Louis Dispatcher. A lot of different entities picked up the article because it's a great article. Plus, I was quoting it, so shoot, it's got to be pretty good, right? So how many months until you're debt-free? I want you to figure that 
out. Number four, how much money do you spend each month? And if you have no idea, please listen to last week's episode, episode number 37. The five changes you'll make if you track your spending. It's not as hard as you think it might be. Number five, how much money are you saving each month? This sounds easy, but not a lot of people know. They don't know what their match is in their 401k. They don't know how much is coming out of their check that's going into their 401k or IRA. Whatever money might be left over goes into a savings account. If there is any, how much are you saving each month? Because if you're not on track to retire early or whatever your goal is, and you know how much you're saving and you can boost that up by just a percent or two, that could be the difference between success and failure. Number six, how much is in your emergency fund? Absolutely important number. If you're married and both of you are working, you should have at least three months of living expenses in your emergency fund. If only one of you is working, I would boost that up to six. Or if you're conservative, boost that up to six months for sure. Once you're retired and you use a bucket strategy, I would argue to have a couple of years worth of living expenses in your emergency fund. But how much do you have now? And if you know how much you spend each month, now you can calculate if you have enough in your emergency fund. I know. Emergency funds aren't fun, especially in times like these, when we're earning 0% in our savings account. But it is so vitally important. All right, number seven number that you should know. What is your net worth? Add up everything you own. Subtract it from everything you owe, and that is your net worth. I believe you should update your net worth statement every year. That is a snapshot of your financial health. All right, these next three, we got through the first seven. These next three might be a little bit more difficult. A lot of you probably that are listening are like, Scott, I got all seven of these figured out. All right, how about number eight? How are your investments allocated? So many people just don't know. How much is in stocks? How much is in bonds? How much is in cash? What about the different major asset classes? Do you know how much of your portfolio is in large value, international value, emerging value, all of the major asset classes? You should know how your investments are allocated. And I have an add-on to that too. Do you know what your risk percentage is in your portfolio? Risk can be quantified. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, listen to episode number 25 entitled, How Risky Is My Portfolio? Because let me tell you, friends, if you have a 60-40 stock bond portfolio and your friend has a 60-40 stock bond portfolio, that doesn't mean you're in the same risk category. Know your risk number. All right, number nine answer this question. What is your investment philosophy? People who actually have an investment philosophy are three times more likely to be disciplined and stick to their plan. The problem is most people have no idea what their investment philosophy is. So simply put, are you somebody that believes in active investing, that you can time the market, that you can find mispriced stocks in the stock market in order to outperform the market. That's a philosophy. Or is your investment philosophy the passive approach where you've taken a look at the science and you understand how difficult it is to be an active investor, 
how even the smartest people in the world have an almost impossible time beating the market over long periods of time. And not because they're not smart, because active trading is so expensive. After you add up all of the costs associated with trading. What is your investment philosophy, my friend? Figure out what it is. And number 10, this might require a little more thinking too than the first seven, but number 10, what's your plan? What's your plan for every goal that you have set that relates to your financial life? And in order to figure out what your plan is, just sit down and write down your dreams because that's where it all begins. And then follow these three simple steps. Number one, a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. Put a date next to your dream. When you want to achieve it, it is now a goal. Do you want to retire at age 60, at age 65, at age 50? Write it down. Number two, a goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. What's your plan? If you do want to retire early, what do you need to do in order to accomplish this dream? Do you need to save more? Do you need an investment philosophy? Do you need to spend less, get out of debt? What is it? A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. And number three, a plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. You cannot just put a dream down with a date and have a goal and break it down into steps and expect that dream to come true if you don't put action to those steps. I'm telling you, friends, figure out what's most important in your life. Write those dreams down. Turn it into a goal and take steps, actionable steps. And I tell you what, you will be unlike most people living right now. Because most people don't write down their dreams. Most people don't turn them into goals. Most people don't break them down into action steps. And almost nobody takes action to make their dreams come true. Except you. There you have it, folks. Can you answer the 10 easiest money questions ever? Okay, so I'm going to be honest with you. Those last three or four, including the bonus I gave you about the risk percentage, those might take a little bit more time. You better get down the first seven before you go to sleep tonight. Spend the next week or two on the next four. You will feel so much better if you know the answer to these 10 questions. I know you know what some of your dreams are, but have you put a date next to them yet? Have you put a date next to your dreams? Have you broken it down into actionable steps, steps that you could take to achieve that dream and people who put action to those dreams realize their dreams this is no joke this is life this is the way it works 
don't think that highly successful people just fell into success, just fell into a lot of money, just fell into a lot of wealth. It doesn't just happen. Well, to a few people it does. To most people, it doesn't happen. Go to Best in Wealth right now. Download your 10 steps to a better investing experience. This will help you with those last four steps that I talked about because I know my goal is to not get confusing. And if you have questions, you email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. Until next week, have a great, great, great week. And you know where I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.